This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yes, welcome back and I uh, hope you're enjoying the show so far. We're on a ball. Uh, but it's time now for Search and Enjoy. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. And Benny, been so far this year, it's been rather relaxing uh, holidays. Uh, up the North Coast, of course, going to Italy, various places there. Today we go to Papua New Guinea, an incredible place. Today we're going to PNG, which is obviously one of Australia's bordering countries, and it is it is easily one of the wildest places I've ever been. Uh, it's unlike anywhere else in the world. It's it's an incredible. Well, you, it, you've been there. Joey's is. been there. Well, it it's, is. It's it, wild. It was. Lo- it's been locked away. If you look at um, like they, there's a book called The Short History of the World, yep. and it says it talks about that. They said if you want to know how you know people lived sometimes you know thousands of years ago. They said Papua New Guinea is the place because it is so remote and it's one of the few places in the world that has been locked up. Yeah, we'll put it this way. You know, you used to be able to walk from Europe all the way down almost to Australia, but Mm, never be able to go to Papua New Guinea. That's a good walk. That's That's a good walk. That's a solid walk. That's a lot of steps. That's that's a lot of steps. That says one thing for me, chafe. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and like – you know, Bleeding it's, it's it's one of the things about that country, like in parts of that area in that of the country, rural border areas with West Papua, like there are still tribes in there yeah. that still live a very, well, very, you know, hunter gatherer lifestyle and you know, there well, are stories of cannibalism still well, and ben, things like that for, for you know, spirituality in that area. Well Ben uh, Michael Ware had that, that, um, doc- had that documentary Ware. and mm-hmm. he went in there and they said the fastest growing religion, if you like. And Papua New Guinea now is witchcraft. Yeah. It's a huge Oof. problem. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a huge issue. Okay, Benny, so you did the Kokoda track. Yeah, so my, my experience in, in PNG is obviously Kokoda track. We did with Fox Sports um, in 2017, uh, which was quite like, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. It was It's a incredible uh, thing to do if you're a you know young Australian. But I tell you what, trekking with Fletch and Hindy and um, – a few others. Professor, oh, Professor James Rochford. James, James Rochford was there. Plenty which, of tears. Plenty of tears. Walking with him is like walking with a in in jungle was like walking with a baby giraffe with two broken legs. Gotcha, gotcha. He, he, I'm picturing that. Metaphor. Like some some dragging people, by its neck. Some people are built are built for the bush, are built for adventure. He is not one of them. Okay, let's rate 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 them out of ten. Okay, firstly, Hindy's performance. Well, Heine went into a like he was playing a game, and he goes into this mental state where no one you can't get to him, no one talked to him. Uh, but he was he was strong, carries packed the whole way. I reckon Heine's probably a, a nine out of ten. Okay, Fletch, Fletch, the funny he, guy. Fletch, Fletch started off re- really well. Again, he was carrying his pack. They thought, yeah, let's carry our packs like the diggers did. Um, and uh, Fletch lasted doing that for two hours. Mm. Uh, the, the first full day of walking, Fletch crumbled. Mm. He lost his pack and gained four porters basically to assist him. Yeah. Yes, it was. Watching him, watching him at one point where he has a breakdown, he looked like Troy McClure 
off the Simpsons. It was like, uh, it was just bizarre. Mate, the, the first, the first, and I and I and I get it. Like it's up and down mountains in some pretty hard bush, mm-hmm. uh, heat, humidity. But Brian Fletcher was a disgrace, mm. an embarrassment to, you know, yeah. the roosters. To the Rabbitohs, to, to the his show. family, to Bondi, to to you. Yeah. Are we um, just doing this segment to bag Fletch? Mate, yeah, you yeah, should, yeah, mate, you should have seen him. It, like, bad. He, Embarrassing. Oh, mate. Yeah, he yeah. was whinging like a little schoolgirl. Get me back to Bondi. Get me back to Bondi. <laughs> Before Joey talks about – Joey would talk about going there and, and, and playing there because rugby league is a national sport. It's just fanaticism. Mm. Um, we went there mid-2000s, myself and Chief and um, – Fatty and Sterlow, oil search took us there. So we started off in Port Moresby, and, of course, they drive you. They pick you up in an armed vehicle, machine guns, drive you straight to the compound now because, you know, Port Moresby, in places, it's almost lawless. It's, you know, so dangerous. Do not leave the hotel. Don't leave the hotel. And then we went in, hopped in a jet, took us to the Highlands, then hopped in a Blackhawk helicopter and took us to the remote part, uh, the most remote part there, Mm -hmm. which was you go and meet the Huli, the Huli Warriors. Yep. And, mate, it, it was... It was incredible. Like you, to give you an idea what it's like, you got young kids coming out of the jungles, literally with pythons around their neck. Neck. That's their staple diet, and you just look and go, "My God!" It was just absolutely incredible. But they built their own rugby league field. And you got they've got the post there, and they play every day. And that and that's the thing. The the rugby league. Um, the love of rugby league in Papua New Guinea is unbelievable. Like well, you'd be walking, mm. you'd be walking along the Kakoda track, and out of nowhere, out of out of the jungle, people will run and go, "Oh, Nathan Hindmarsh," and Heinies they 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 love Heinie, they love the paramedics, they wanted photos, and then they dis disappear, disappear back into the jungle, well, and their, yeah. their village will be there. But we heard like people walking six hours one way. Yep. To watch State of Origin, yes. and then that night in the dark, they'd walk six hours well, back. Because the oil companies, right, and they're dealing, you know, with the tribes there. One, mm. one of the things they did when negotiating, when you, when you're flying into these remote regions, out of nowhere, it's like driving picture theatre, like these huge screens. I said to the guy, "What is it?" And he said, "Mate, they're mm. the screens that have in different places have people walk and watch Friday Night Football." Saturday, Super Saturday, all that. He said they get all the rugby league. He said people sometimes will walk for a day and a half to go and watch the State of Origin, go back, and then go back to watch the Friday night. There's a massive push, mainly from Anthony Albanese for this 18th team to be in Papua New Guinea. How it works logistically. A lot of them are talking about basing the team in Cairns, fly in, fly out. Yeah. <laughs> whether it happens or not, I'd whether love the to broad, see it happen. It'd be a great yeah. story. Representing Pacifica. Yeah. It'd be a great story. We can like, call them the Papua New Guinea Pythons. Perfect. Well, we, 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 there's a name. We, but the thing is, they've got money. Like Andrew Hill, yeah. who was at the NRL for years, used to be the Bulldog CEO. He's been charged by the Papua New Guinea government to basically try and get serious about this stuff. And they're trying to not get too public about it. But Albanese <coughs> is big because of China's influence, mm-hmm. growing influence in the region. Also, like the social benefits of, of having rugby That's, league. But yeah. Volandis will push hard for the federal government. If there's going to be a team in PNG... And they're going to have to pay for a lot yeah. of it. Well, that's what the, the word coming around is. The government's about to agree to do it between that and the oil money there. And but I mean, how big a the thing about it, the attraction is not just you know have a representative from Pacifica that represents that region. Is it, how many times in sport can you actually change a whole country? Yeah, mm. it's fortunes, and that's what the game can do. Joey playing there, frightening, terrifying. 
When we played up there, my first time, Pernjeri, was the first time I'd ever been overseas. I made a schoolboy rep team. And we went up there in under 15, so I was 14, and we got billeted out. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, I got billeted out with expats, but some of the some of the some of the guys, fourteen, got uh, billeted out and were living in like a village, sleeping on the floor, eating traditional food. Fantastic. That is, it's that's a, that's a, a great really experience, good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Python. But we're playing men, fourteen, and honestly, my balls hadn't dropped down, so I was tiny. <laughs> oh, don't hit me too hard. Oh, hey, talk about terrifying. And then playing there with Australia, I think I've played there twice, and we played them, and. The opening kickoff, they kicked off and Shane Webke charged and I reckon it was like flies to a turd. I reckon about 10 of them just launched at him. And then Gordy <laughs> hit it up next and this, what's his name, Stanley Jean? Yeah, yeah, Stanley yeah, Jean, Stanley, yeah. Stanley, Stanley Jean hit Gordon and spear tackled him <laughs> head first into the ground. And they asked Stanley Jean in the press after it and he said, yeah, it was like t- tackling a little piece of paper. Totally sick. <laughs> oh, but honestly, you've never been hit so hard in your life. And and they're all the same. They're all the same size. Five nine, five ten. Yeah. Just ninety five, a hundred yeah, yeah. kilo. Yeah. And they are just like granite. Imagine it's, like being a center and coming up and you that week you're playing Justin Olin. You just every night you're just sitting there going, right, even worse, getting yourself ready. Even worse. One of the games I had to play hooker. It was in the mid nineties. And I went to pack into the scrum and remember Paul Osborne who played yeah, for yeah. this bloke's head head was bigger than Aussie's. That big. I just went first scrum. I said, we'll swap. No head bunny. No head bunny. I'm a lover. <laughs> not a fighter. And a very good one at that. Remember every week, Joe, you get letters from Papua New Guinea because what the schools were doing there is an incentive to learn English and read and write. They'd say, righto, when you do that, you can write to your favourite NRL player. And it always comes to the same, it'd be always the same thing. Uh, hello, Mr. Johns. How are you? Uh, just letting you know my uncle is very cruel. He gives me no money. Can I get your Australian jerseys? <laughs> but, I think, um, mate, I've only got two. Sorry, I can't. Talk, <laughs> speak to Joey. Talk, talk about uh, not leaving the hotel. So we had in the hotel and we had the whole floor. So on the, the entrance to the, the hotel, there was two, sh- two security guards with shotguns. The elevator, same thing. And then the elevator on our floor, there was a guy with a pump-action shotgun. Local guys. So anyway, I'm having a snooze this day. We all had our own room, and I just felt the presence in my room. And I wake up, and there's the security guard with the pump action shotgun lying down next to me. He's eating my mini bar, my peanuts. He's going, pointing, going, movies, movies, trying to get the movies on the TV. <laughs> the pump action shotgun was right next to me. Oh, and then me and myself and Andrew Walker, and Andrew Walker, the jewel, yeah, yeah. we decided to go for a beer somewhere, and we sort of disappeared. Oh. We went to this pub, sort of. Shack, and we're just on the drink. We've been on the drink all day. Oh, that twenty four hours was the best week of your life. And uh, <laughs> honestly, at one stage, Unc Andrew Walker hits me. He goes, "Look outside," and I turn around. I reckon there was three and four hundred people just staring. So we went outside and got on the beetle nut with them and had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come home and get yeah. new teeth. I had that much. You know, they chew the beetle nut and the yeah, line yeah, and get all yeah, the red, red teeth. Yeah. Yeah. We got back to the How hotel and Buzz was like, where have you blokes been? We're like, oh, nowhere. <laughs> Our mouths were just all red. Right, uh, on that note, on beetle, mate, you, whenever you hear beetle nut, you know it's trying to wind it up. Right, uh, we'll take a break. Our tips are coming up a little bit later.